guys, welcome to Dance Matters Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Crystallized Costumes, the place for all your costume needs and adrenaline dance competitions. Dance Matters Podcast is designed to celebrate all things dance and the performing arts industry. The place to be inspired, motivated and educated. We are your hosts, Kaylee and Charlie. We are super excited to be welcoming back today's guest for their second time on our podcast. We loved talking to Ali Goodman so much back in episode 36 that we had to welcome her back again. And what an amazing two years she has had. Ali Goodman is a young Canadian dancer who is currently living out her dreams, dancing up a storm on the stage at the Moulin Rouge. When we chatted to her two years ago, little did we know that this fresh-faced performer who had lit up our screens on the television hit show The Next Step was holding on to some incredible news that she wasn't yet allowed to share with the world. Right before COVID hit, Ali had successfully auditioned for a place at the Moulin Rouge. Unfortunately, that had to be put on hold whilst the pandemic shut down the world. Ali wasn't going to sit by idly though. She used the time to finish off her university degree and to successfully launch an online fitness program. Flex by Ali Goodbun took off. She managed to turn a passion into a successful business, creating her own fitness community. As the world started to open up, so did the dancing opportunities. Ali appeared on the hit show The Boys in Season 3 before getting the call to head to Paris. And so, Ali packed up her bags, hopped on a plane and set off for a new life in Paris. In this episode, we talk all things Moulin Rouge, from training and costumes to performing nightly for sellout audiences. If you haven't checked out episode 36, our first chat with Ali, make sure you do to learn all about her training growing up and her time on the next step. We are so excited to welcome this guest for the second time to the podcast. Please welcome Ali Goodbun. Hi, Ali. Thank you so much for joining us yet again on Dance Matters Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Hello again. We're very excited to have you as a return guest. Now, since the last time we spoke to you, there have been some massive changes in your life. You have moved from Canada to Paris, where you are now living out your dreams, dancing on stage every night at the Moulin Rouge. You actually had to keep that news quiet for quite a while, though, didn't you? I did. I did. It was quite a long year, and a bit, actually. I auditioned for the Moulin Rouge back in September of 2019. Got the call February 2020, and COVID decided to kickstart its pandemic. March 2020. So from March 2020 until end of September 2021, I kind of had this under wraps in the back of my mind, knowing that I did have a job contract, didn't know when it was starting, didn't know what the plans of it going forward were, but all worked out in the end. And I really just tried to use that year to my advantage or year and a half to my advantage with working out and training as much as I could at home and in studio when it was open. It was definitely a tough few years and to keep that kind of news quiet was really hard, but I did want to do it for myself and I wanted to just know that that was something that I could share with the world eventually, but just not yet. So I'm very happy to do that now. And they were happy to hold that contract over. They didn't want you to re-audition and everything when the time came. Yeah. Yeah, luckily, when I auditioned, I was able to meet the basically the director of Moulin Rouge in person, along with a few other employees or directors, you could say, of the show. And it was amazing because we were able to put a face-to-face. They were able to fill out my personality, really get a sense of who I was. They told us directly that 
you need to stay in contact with us. So I really made the effort to go home and I emailed them monthly. I did whatever I could to stay in touch with them. Even if it was just a quick check-in, I kept that communication going as well as they did throughout the COVID. But I really just wanted to make sure that they knew I was still interested and still training and still working just as hard as I was before the pandemic. During the pandemic, so that when um, they were ready to reopen the theater here in Paris, I was ready to come over whenever they needed me. So yeah, it was good. And I just, I really paid attention to keeping those ties strong throughout the entire pandemic. And then when I was able to come here, it was really nice that we were able to meet again in person and have an even stronger connection than before. Now, there are many things we love about you, Ali, but one thing in particular is I love the way that COVID put up a blockage and you used it as an opportunity to create. How did you handle that setback at the time and what did you get up to? Well, I mean, COVID for everybody was a very hard time, I think, and I think we've all thought about it and talked about it enough now. But to look back on that time, it was it was crazy. I mean, for somebody that is a go-getter and a hustler and working 20 jobs at once on top of university, on top of my own training, it was really hard to just stop. And I know for a lot of people in our industry, specifically with live performance, it was even more difficult than the average person. So just because I felt that a little extra, I think I really needed to just create and do something that would not only benefit me, but benefit others. And I've always had an interest in the fitness world. And just before the pandemic, I had really gotten into going to the gym daily and I was actually attending F45 in Toronto and I loved it. I had learned to really love working out outside of the dance studio and doing functional training was something that I had learned to love. Circuit training as well that's kind of all encompassed in F45 and I just I loved the community aspect to it. I love that it was quick and efficient and I just kind of wanted to create something along those lines but something that was mine and that's something I could draw dance into it and use my target audience on Instagram or whatever that is which is the majority dancers. So I was just I was brainstorming and I was like do I teach dance classes? Do I hold something in person in the parks outside? Do I do something on Zoom? I had no idea what to do. Do I just do something through my university? And I was studying online at the time and I was just getting into using Zoom like the rest of the world and figuring out how that worked and I had taken a few Zoom classes a few months into the pandemic and realized they weren't actually that bad and it was really nice to be able to work out at home and not have to go anywhere to get that burn and sweat that everybody craves so I just had this idea to create my own fitness classes I have been a trained dancer my whole life I knew how to teach a class I had been going to the gym so I knew what how functional fitness worked and I knew that if I could combine dance and functional fitness I might have something here so I just took that idea and ran with it I made up a name on the spot I just thought flex I thought flexibility flex your muscles it kind of draws in the two worlds perfectly and I liked how it was short and sweet everybody could pronounce it everybody could remember it and it involved my name because I do go by flex by Ali Goodbun but it was something that also people could just say flex and they would know what it is so I ended up creating flex and I just took a risk I made a quick little photoshop advertisement or promo that I could throw my Instagram and it just said there's a open class it's completely free 8am next Saturday come on out if you're interested and I ended up having 30 40 people in that class which was amazing and so unexpected and from there I just ran with it and I made it a weekly thing and I said okay every Saturday morning let's meet on zoom and it became something that I ended up starting to charge people for and it was just kind of a little side hustle and something that I could look forward to each week and a place where I could create and inspire others and continue kind of that world of being involved in the community but not physically being with each other so it was really special and it was something that I just I felt like I really needed to do and I felt like it worked and it became something much bigger than I ever anticipated in the end I had over 500 students that 
of taking my classes. I continued to Zoom not only weekly, but it became daily by the end of the pandemic. Not that we're finished, but towards the end of summer 2021, I was doing it every single morning and it was amazing. It was such a great routine and I loved the community I built and it become exactly what I wanted it to become, but not necessarily something I anticipated ever becoming that big. So it was quite the special project of mine and I do really hope to return to it one day, hopefully soon. But that being said, I do really want to kickstart it with all my energy, all my motivation, and all my inspiration here in Paris, and keep it what it was, but switch it up a little bit. So yeah, we'll see kind of where that comes into place potentially in a month, a few months time. But for now, it was a great experience. And I'm very lucky to have created something like Flex. You also appeared in the boys season three. What was that experience like? Uh, it was incredible. So actually during COVID or the pandemic in general, one of the only TV series I really, really, really loved and continued watching was The Boys. I watched it actually with my partner and I'm not too much of a Netflix, Amazon Prime kind of gal. I don't love my series. I love watching YouTube and quick short videos as opposed to series. So when I watched The Boys, I was kind of hesitant because I don't necessarily follow storylines that well. I don't get into shows as much as the average person, but The Boys really like it, it just, it drew me in and I loved the show from the get-go and we watched all of season one all of season two and I loved it and I knew that season three was being filmed in Toronto which was a little bizarre because of all shows that I had watched um, on a streaming platform the boys was one of my favorites and it was coming to Toronto and I knew the casting director of the show so I just I did everything I could I talked to my agent I said look if this if there's any type of audition if there's any type of self-tape can you please submit me because I would really love to be a part of the show it's amazing and luckily I just signed with a new agent a few weeks before this casting had come out and this was actually last summer so summer 2021 and she said there's a dance audition that and they're looking for dancers that are tall rocket type style theater jazz we want they want somebody that can dance and heel in a bodysuit because it's an 80s type of scene and I was like no way okay so I I got my best 80s outfit I went to down in the gym in my apartment building at the time and I filmed an 80s workout combo that she had sent me to learn it took a few hours to really get it nailed in the best I could but I got a pretty good take I sent it in and a few days later they said you booked the job which was incredible and then later on beginning of that September I went in and we filmed our episode and it was amazing it's episode four of season three and just a little blurb it's the solid gold dancers that are from the late 70s 80s and we're we're just dancing in the background of one of the superheroes on the show it's amazing and it was such a great experience I worked with that casting director before her name's Amy Wright and she's incredible she's casting director of the next step actually and we work really well together she's got the most amazing energy on set so it was just it was great to work together again and be with her but also be on a new set and experience something that I've really been pushing for and really wanting so um, it was an amazing experience and it was really cool to see the final product we love Amy here too we had a chat to her too and she's incredible oh amazing she's absolutely incredible <laughs> when and how did you get the news that they were now ready for you to head over to Paris so this is actually just following the boys filming this was September of 2021 my rent in Toronto had actually just finished so I had moved into a friend's house in the meantime because I had a feeling that a call from Paris was coming soon. I knew that their theater, the Moulin, had just reopened here in Paris that September. So 
I kind of in my head knew that they were going to reopen, get their feet on the ground, figure it all out, get back into the swing of things, and then call up some new girls to come over and help them out. So I knew that something was coming. That's why I didn't renew my rent in Toronto. I went and stayed at a friend's apartment who had just moved out and was living there in the meantime, training as hard as I could, knowing Paris was coming. I didn't know when, I didn't know what, but I knew something was going to be coming. And end of September, I think it was actually September 29th, I remember the day, I was just sitting on my couch and my friend had just left. She came over for coffee and I had gotten an email from Mulan saying, we're ready for you. We'd love you to be here by Halloween time, essentially. So I basically had the month of October to move out of Toronto, move as much as I could into my parents' basement, which is about two hours from the city, pack for Paris, just kind of finish up everything and say goodbye to everybody in the city, move back home, say goodbye to family and friends, and then I was off. So it was a pretty quick turnaround. I had a month, which was great because it was enough notice to kind of figure everything out, plan my life accordingly. But it's hard because, you know, if you're thinking about something for that long and training that long, which was a year and a half, and then for them to just say, come, it kind of seems surreal and not like it's happening. I was like, oh my gosh. And it was amazing. I, I mean, one of the girls I was coming with, her name's Laura Renstad. She's from uh, Vancouver, Canada. Her and I had kind of been in this all together because we auditioned the same. We um, had got the same calls. We were on the same email chain. So we were kind of on the same trend. She was waiting just as I was, but on the West Coast. And the second we had both got an email, I FaceTimed her and we were crying on the phone and it, we were so excited. So it was quite the moment. And I mean, your life kind of changes like that with one email. So it changed everything, but I'm so happy with how everything laid out. And I mean, I think COVID in, I don't know, in a way it was a blessing. And I mean, it gave me that time to really process my time and my final days in Toronto. And it, I don't know, maybe I did need that year and a half to train or catch up with people and meet new people that I did over the pandemic. So it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise, I'm not going to lie, but I'm very happy that everything played out the way it did and the timing of it all. How did you feel moving your life over to Paris? Really good, actually. Like I said, I had that year and a half to let it settle and set in to not only like me, but my family and friends, they all, my close family and friends obviously knew that those were my plans and that I would be going to Paris sometime. They didn't know when, but it was great. I was very ready personally and I don't know, physically as well. I felt stronger than ever. I had been training, like I said, in this in this circuit training world, uh, functional fitness, but also in the studio more than I had ever been. Um, so my body felt ready. My mind felt ready. Um, I was at a point in my life where I felt ready. I had just graduated university uh, the previous June. So I had kind of just put that whole chapter aside and I checked the box off for that and I was ready to move on to my professional career and yeah I just I felt good about it all and like I said I was coming with a friend that I had already knew from the west coast which really helped the whole situation we were in this together and um yeah we just kind of had each other by our side all for all the firsts here it was first rehearsal first apartment first bank appointment like all the logistics you need to move overseas we did it all together so it was really helpful to have that one friend that did it with me but also coming into a company like Mulan they they're established obviously but they have new girls coming and going every six months. So the girls that had come just before COVID, obviously they hadn't come six months, but they had only been in Paris for six months because they were home for the pandemic. So they knew all the ropes. They knew how everything worked. They knew how the apartment situation worked, how to get a new phone plan, how to pay your taxes. They knew all the logistics. So it was really helpful to just have kind of a helping hand throughout all of it. But it was a really good transition and I'm very lucky that that's how it was. Do you enjoy living in Paris? 
I absolutely love it. I I love it. The city is amazing. It's everything I hoped for. I love to just explore and have a life outside of work like anybody would. And I really try to take in wherever I am, whatever city I am. I love to learn it as best I can. I love to show it off to people who come to visit. And I feel like Paris is it's one of the most gorgeous cities in the world. It's a place where everybody wants to be and everybody's excited to be. So it's just so nice to be a part of that on the daily. And I don't know, I just, I pinch myself once in a while when I'm out and about just being like, wow, like people love coming here and would die to just visit Paris for a weekend. And here I am living in not only the best city, but one of the best neighborhoods in the city. And yeah, I'm very lucky. And the whole entire situation is just, it's a little bit of a blur to be honest, because it's just, it's so perfect. What was it finally like to get on stage at the Moulin Rouge? It was incredible. I started at the end of November of last year and it was great. They have quite the system going. Their whole thing is that when you're ready to go on stage, you'll go on stage. They don't have a date. They don't have a time set up for you. It's when you feel good about it, you can go. And obviously when I feel good about it, I think they'll feel good about it because it will take that little extra for me to feel very confident with it. But essentially you come in and you learn the show. And like I said, when you're ready, you're ready. But also, I do have all these friends that I've met throughout the rehearsal process. I had my one friend, Laura, with me as well. So we were going through this new transition and this new routine of not only just the show, but it's the whole daily routine leading up to the show. And it's a total change of lifestyle. So it was a crazy switch, but a very good switch. And um, the show itself is amazing. And it's such an honor to be a part of something like it. What does a show at the Moulin Rouge involve? The show at the Moulin Rouge, it's nothing like you'd expect, I don't think. When I saw it for the first time, it, it was what I expected, Obviously, you expect the showgirl, you expect the can-can, but it it has such an entertainment factor. I don't think it compares to any other show in the world, to be completely honest with you. It's got something for everybody, and I always say this to my friends after they've seen the show. I go, okay, give me the review, give me the debrief. What did you enjoy? Um, what did you not expect? And they all say it's something that, like, you could bring your six, seven, eight-year-old daughter to, but you could also enjoy it with the girls. You could have a bachelorette party there. You could bring your family. You could go on a date night with your spouse, partner, whoever that is. It's it's something for everybody. I bring my, my grandparents up come. They enjoy it. Everybody enjoys it. And I don't know if they expected to create a show that was so versatile, but it's incredible. And I think everybody comes in and leaves absolutely loving it. And it's the entertainment factor is doesn't compare. It's amazing. And it's got your dance, obviously. It's very dance focused, but we've got singing, we've got dancing, we've got attractions. So we've got almost like, I guess you can compare it to circus acts. We've got like a, a juggler, we've got a balance act, we have a handstander, we have um, an aerialist duo. There's so much involved that you just, you don't ever expect what's coming next. And I think that's the best part of it. So um, it's really cool that they've kind of been able to blend that with a dance focused show. So um, as a dancer, I feel honored to be a part of something that everybody would love. And it's not necessarily a show for one target audience. It's something that you can bring everybody to. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. And it entails so much. You'll definitely have to come and see it to, to know exactly what's a part of it. <laughs> How many kicks do you think you do per show? Oh, a lot. I would say, oh, I don't know. Definitely over 50, I would say for sure. We've got all kinds of kicks in there and right and left and you name it, it's in there. So quite a lot. <laughs> 
How much training did you have? In Paris, when I arrived, they expect you to be up to par as what you were at the audition. So, <laughs> unfortunately, my audition was a year and a half prior to me showing up in Paris, which is never usually the case. But that was, I guess, a little extra difficult, I guess you could say, for us, because we did have to maintain it for that, our training for that long, and stay at that level that they did see us, because I wanted to come in here, the Ali Goodman that they met at the audition, but also the Ali Goodman plus a little bit more, which is obviously something that all dancers would kind of aim for us to just better yourself every day. And that was my intention. I said, I wanted to go to Paris and impress them right off the bat. I want them to see what they saw at the audition, plus more, whether that's personality, whether that's growth in my dancing, or maybe that's, I don't know, anything. It could be anything. I just wanted them to see a little bit of progression from that audition. And I do think I did that. And I felt stronger than ever, like I said, and I was very confident in it. And I felt it right away, right when we got into our first day of rehearsals here in Paris. Our rehearsal schedule is quite vigorous. We start 12 o'clock every day. We'd go in for about an hour warm-up, and we'd be rehearsing the show from 1 until 5, you could say, every day at the theater, which was great. But when you're jet-lagged, and you're in a new city, and you have a new apartment, and you don't have that family and friends that you can shut off with afterwards, it is a lot. And obviously, you're doing a cabaret-style dancing. You're doing showgirl. You're doing can-can. This is all dance that I've never actually specifically trained in and it's not they're not popular types that necessarily dance studios back home offer so it's a style of dance we also have to get used to and definitely took some getting used to for my hamstrings because the kicks are a little wild and more wild than you'd ever see anywhere else so it was a lot to get used to at the start and even though it was just like it was that four or five hours of dancing a day that is a lot but compared to some competition routines and training I used to do back in the day we used to have full days so and I know you can probably relate Charlie but it was different because it was only the afternoon I was like why am I so exhausted by just doing this four to five hours but it was just because of the major changes so in all aspects of it so it was great we did the can-can every day we did at least two hours of can-can every day which is a lot on your legs like I said and then we would just pick away at the rest of the show for the remaining of the time and slowly but surely we would try on different costumes we would practice in the shoes that we wear for the show so you could get used to the heels and break in your shoes properly according to your feet and see how they feel but overall it was a great experience the dance captain at Moulin Rouge is the one who teaches us the show and is there every day and um, it was really nice to create a relationship with her right off the bat and yeah and like I said it was only myself and Laura also from Canada in the rehearsals so it was a smaller group compared to a lot of the big Australian groups that come a lot of girls come with eight or nine girls so it's much different in the sense that there's only two of us so there's kind of all eyes on us all the time so you kind of had to be on it but I think that really helped in the end and it helped us show up for the show and our opening night very confident in the choreography not only on stage, but backstage, costume changes. We also knew the girls quite well because there's only two of us. So we would make the effort to go to for coffee dates all together all the time. And it was easier than I expected, but it was a lot, if that makes sense. So it was, it was quite the schedule. <laughs> How many dancers are in the show in total? So at Moulin Rouge, there's 60 of us. Okay. On stage every night, I would say there's... Mm, 45 maybe we have a little pool of dancers that account for injuries days off holidays um whatever that may be so there's uh, about 15 guys and the rest are girls so and is there a regular income of new ones or is it at a certain time or is it just when people decide to leave yeah it's uh they have two times annually that they like to bring in new dancers one is october which was my hiring period and then another is april so since being here in October, we've actually had a group of new girls come. So it's a full circle moment. I get to see how these new girls are adapting to the show and getting in the swing of things and learning Paris. And 
I feel like I was just there. So I'm fulfilling that role that I had of the girls that were, had been here for six months, had just figured everything out, and somebody needs a helping hand. So I've, I've done my duties of showing the new girls around Paris and taking them to their bank appointments or whatever that may be, or helping them with choreography for the show or uh, whatnot. Is it the same show every night? It is. So show at the Moulin Rouge right now is called Fury, and it's been going on for 22 years now, and it's the same show twice a night. Every single night of the week, if you're in Paris, there will be a Moulin Rouge show that night. So it's it's incredible. It's like I said, it's a show like no other. It's a show that's able to sell out every single night of the year twice. And it's the same show. It hasn't changed in 22 years. Choreography is the same. Costumes are the same. Obviously, the dancers are different, but we do have some original dancers that have been there since day one. So it's it's pretty incredible. And it just goes to show how how great this show is. And it's amazing. It's something that I've never seen and I don't know if I'll ever see anything like it, but it's um, incredible and it's incredible that they're able to do what they do. What is your favorite part of the show? Ooh, my favorite part of the show. Honestly, personally, I, the majority of girls love the can-can and I really do love the can-can because it is such an honor to dance every night and to do a dance that's so high energy and physical and athletic. It's a great switch from the showgirl stuff. But although I love the can-can, I think honestly one of my favorite moments of the show is the very opening number. It's called Perry Dance and we're in sequence, head to toe, and we have a, a fake ponytail that goes to our mid-back, so I get to wear my long hair for two minutes of the show. And just the moment that the curtain opens and the blackout is turned off and lights come on and the audience sees us for the first time, they are in such awe and they've realized that they're at the Moulin Rouge, they're having the best night, they're, they've are they just sat down there with their friends and their night is just beginning and everybody's so excited to be there. You should, If only you could see their faces, it's amazing. So that is definitely my favorite part of the show, the very opening. And my track is actually I start at the very back of the stage and I just have to strut right to the front. So it's a great moment that I get to just strut to the beat of the music and I'm wearing sequins and I'm also starting my night of, of work and um, I'm with all my friends. So it's a great moment. It's it's my favorite. And I always say that and I tell that to all of my friends. I'm like, this is the best part of the night. And they all don't, they understand obviously, but they all love the can-can and I love the can-can as well. But I think this trumps the can-can a little bit. I just, I love the moment that I get to see the audience's faces and kind of just experience that with them. The costumes are very detailed. What is your favorite one? My favorite costume. Well, in the show, we have my track has 10 costume changes. So there are quite a lot and all the costumes are absolutely spectacular. It might be hard to pick, but the one iconic member of our show is called Fury, which is the name of the show, obviously. It's my third routine of the show and it's a quick change, but the costume is incredible. It's the red feathers you would expect seeing coming to the Moulin Rouge. It's red feathers, it's red diamonds, we have crystals hanging from our from our chests and our shoulders and it's it's spectacular. We all have these big backpacks on that we call them plumes and the feathers are I would say honestly my arm span, but all the way around and it creates a big circle around us and they change halfway throughout the the number. So the audience is always very excited to see it. And it's, I think the iconic Moulin Rouge outfit in my mind. So I think that's my favorite. It's, it's what you'd expect a showgirl to be wearing, but more with the twist of Moulin Rouge. So that's definitely my favorite. And I think people are most excited to see that one, but all the costumes are incredible and I love wearing them all. (laughs) Now at the same time, they are quite revealing as well. Do you ever feel self-conscious? They are. Honestly, no. The the whole, I guess, persona, I guess is the best word of the show, it's, it's, it's all about women empowerment. It's a sense of, I guess, female power. And I think that's the best way to put it. But I just feel that way in all the costumes. I think 
people come to the Moulin Rouge not to see costumes that we're necessarily used to in North America or any sorts. Like, they definitely have the European twist to it, for sure. And I do always tell my family and friends that you don't expect what you've seen before. It's different. It's it's a European show. It's a cabaret. It's spectacular. And I don't think anything comes off as being raunchy, I guess you could say, or necessarily revealing. It's elegant, and it's a part of the art. And no, I think I, I wear each costume with confidence, and I know every other girl does as well. And it's an honor to be in those costumes, if any thing and even though they may be smaller than others it's you make it work and if you feel good dancing and you feel good in the costumes before you hit the stage then when you're on stage it's even more amazing to see people's reactions to just how spectacular everything is not they're not just looking at you they're looking at the whole picture right so I just always remember I'm creating a creating a picture here I'm a part of the Moulin Rouge and this is what it's been since day one and we're a part of history here so I mean I don't necessarily overthink that kind of thing but I personally feel very confident in all the costumes and love wearing them I feel gorgeous if anything so (laughs) what would be your favorite thing about being part of the Moulin Rouge my favorite thing Ooh, honestly, the dancing. i That's an easy answer. I mean, I've always wanted, my goal as a dancer has been to be a part of a professional company that is a live performance company. So I've done a lot of film and television over the years. And although I love it, it doesn't necessarily give you the rush as having a full audience, live audience in front of you is. So definitely just fulfilling that goal and dream of mine to be able to dance on a reputable stage, a part of a very professional company in front of a different audience every night who's excited to see you. I love entertaining and I think I'm in the perfect place to be doing exactly that. The show is exactly that. And yeah, I think just being a part of the the overall experience of being able to walk into work tonight knowing that I'm getting paid to dance in front of people who are so excited to be in Paris and so excited to be at the, the, the Moulin Rouge. It's incredible. And I think, yeah, just being a part of it in general and going into work every night is one of my favorite parts. And what would be the most challenging part? Most challenging? Definitely just living away from home, I think. It's one thing to walk into a new job. It's one thing to walk into a new job that's physically demanding. And then it's one thing to walk into a new job that's physically demanding without your family and friends living with you or amongst you. So that's definitely been a challenge, but I have been living on my own for the past five, six years in Toronto, away from family and and original hometown friends. So I have kind of had a practice with that and it's been good, but obviously I would definitely prefer to have family and I would love my parents to be closer than they are, but that's definitely been a challenge, but I'm very lucky to have them visiting very frequently. And I do have friends coming and going almost every single month. And um, yeah, that's kind of eased out that obstacle a bit. But yeah, overall, it's definitely challenging. It's hard to live in a not only a new country, but a new continent without family and friends and them kind of being right by my side. So (laughs) you've also had some opportunities to be on television and do some interviews whilst over there. What experiences Mm -hmm. has been a dancer at the Moulin Rouge provided for you? Uh, It's been incredible. Like I said, I've done film and television in the past. I know kind of the presence it takes to be on camera and how that all works is different than approaching somebody or dancing in front of somebody live it's it's a different persona you got to put you got to add that little bit of extra that can be read through a camera right so I mean being able to do all these interviews and we've danced multiple times on the basically the equivalent of the morning show here in Paris we've done big events like the Grand Prix we've done all these things that have been televised and it's been amazing but Overall, it's kind of, it showed me a different, I guess, approach to doing film and television. In a sense, I used to, back at home, I used to think about it as almost a different persona. I would be playing a character, whereas here I'm playing Ali Goodman, the Moulin Rouge dancer. I'm playing myself. So it's it's very different. It's it's a different approach for sure, but I feel like I could just be more myself in a sense. And 
I get to really show the world who I am and I'm not necessarily portraying a different character or a different role or whatever that may be. So it's been interesting and I've never been on TV as myself, I guess, other than little modeling things here and there back home, but I've never been a dancer on TV as Ali Goodman. So that's been really fun. And it's been really fun to obviously have Moulin Rouge as a name behind me and work amongst a company that's, like I said, very reputable and very well known. You can go almost anywhere in the world and say I'm a Moulin Rouge dancer and people clock, they they know Moulin Rouge, whether it's, they know it's a show, they know it's a Broadway show, they know it's a movie, they know it's, there's so much that's involved and it's a name that, that everybody knows. So it's very, it's a high standard you have to hold for sure, but it's definitely like you have to live up to that that name in every sense. So when you're doing, when I am doing television stuff, it's incredible to have that behind me. But also I do know I have to, I'm fulfilling that name as well. So yeah, it's been, it's been a different experience, but it's been great. And it's been a learning curve for sure. And I'm loving it. Talk us through a typical day in your life these days. A typical day in my life. It has changed more than ever since being back in Toronto. I used to be the biggest morning person. I used to be that person that would wake up and have my workout done by the time most people were getting up. And I loved that routine. I felt the best when I was waking up early and working out and starting my day off right and just feeling good for the rest of the day after moving my body. And that has changed quite a bit. I mean, I am dancing very early, but it's more so the opposite. It's very late at night. I usually wake up around noon, 12 o'clock, which is very different. I've never been that kind of person. But waking up around noon, I like to take my morning slow, to be completely honest with you. I wish I was able to get into a workout right away, but working to all hours into the night, it's very hard to have that much energy. And you do struggle with that, the whole oversleeping, undersleeping, getting enough hours. But if you get too many hours, then you're almost too tired for the day. So it's a it's a weird in between that you kind of gotta you gotta find and then once I've found it I've tried to stay on track with it so right now it's waking up at noon having breakfast at home I love going out for coffee and I feel like that's the best way I've actually been able to learn the city so I try to go to a new neighborhood I do have my staple coffee shops but I do try to try a new coffee place every week and go to a new neighborhood in Paris and talk to the baristas and I don't know get a feel for the neighborhood and what's going on over there and I'm a coffee snob so I also love trying new new drinks wherever I can go that usually takes me until three o'clock come three o'clock I love to kind of come back home whether that's put my stuff on and go for a run just to get out of the house and be out of the house sometimes that's coming home to do a home workout sometimes that's actually going into the theater a little bit early to go over choreography they have a gym actually upstairs at the studios at the theater so sometimes I use the gym there and sometimes I just go in to do a warm-up and a full stretch and feel good for that work night ahead but yeah I definitely do love to move my body before dinner whatever that may be I come home and I have a very balanced dinner I really like to get my proteins in my vegetables my carbs just make sure I'm fully energized for the night and ready to go and then come six o'clock I just need to rest I need that hour of whether it's napping or just totally resting and putting everything aside and being off my phone and come seven o'clock I get ready to leave the house I pack my snacks and everything for work and I head to the theater and I'm there for 7 30 I'm able to walk there which is really nice and my work night begins it takes me about an hour and a half to get my makeup on my hair done my costumes sorted my quick changes sorted and then re-warm up my body and then we go into two shows we have one show at 9 p.m every night and each show is about an hour and 45 minutes after the first show i have about half an hour to chill resort my costumes fix my makeup do whatever i need to do 
have a snack, and then we go back at it, and we start again at 11. So it's quite the schedule. I don't get home until around 2 o'clock every night, and then being able, or having to shut off and go right to sleep is very hard. So it takes about an hour or two to really, I come home, I have actually another full dinner. I FaceTime my friends and family back home because it's also just dinner time for them back in Canada, which is amazing. And we go to bed at the same time, and then we wake up at the same time because I'm six hours behind. So it's quite the schedule, but it works and it is working. And I'm just starting to feel like I did back home in Toronto. It was very hard to adjust at the beginning because you're completely opposite to everybody else around you here in Paris. But that being said, Paris does have an amazing nightlife and people are out. It's not unusual for me to be walking or riding my scooter home at night at 2 a.m. and see people still at the bar down the street or even just the average couple at the cafe on the corner. Like people are still out and about at 2 a.m. So it's, it's not like it's back home where everything shuts off at 11. So very lucky that that's the situation. But yeah, very different to my personal schedule back in Toronto for sure. <laughs> and it must be hard to wind down after the adrenaline of the performance. Very hard, very hard. At the beginning, I was Googling, like, how do you fall asleep quickly? Like, I needed all the all the remedies I could to get to bed, and I everything was just recommending no no bright lights, no social interaction, no phones, no big meals, and I was doing exactly all of that at 2 a.m., so it just takes some getting used to, for sure. How long do you plan to stay in France dancing? I don't know. I, I'm asked this actually quite a bit, and I, I don't have a specific timeline in my head, to be completely honest with you. I want to be here for as long as I feel excited to go into work every night, and I don't know when that will ever die I don't know if it ever will but I just I don't ever want to feel bored and I feel like it will be very hard to feel bored with this job I don't think it ever will like I said but I would like to be here as long as it feels exciting and fresh and new and sometimes that comes with learning new parts of the show and I would just I would love to work my way up in the company right now I'm a can-can dancer but they does offer different there are different roles in the show I could become a soloist a principal there's a whole other line of dancers that I that I could essentially be a part of, which offers a whole other 10, 11, 12 routines for me to learn. So there's potential to grow and move up in my company yet. And um, I'm very excited for the day that I'm able to do that and learn some new roles and grow as a dancer and as a person. And whenever I feel like I've kind of hit a, a point where I need a change and I need to just continue learning, then I'll move on. But until that time comes, I'm I'm happy here and we're going to keep dancing at the Mulan and do my thing. But yeah, my hopes are definitely to be here for another few years for sure. And then I'll reevaluate come come that time. What other goals do you have? Other than Mulan, I would say I would really love to live in New York City. That's always been a goal of mine. Prior to Mulan, I had big intentions of fulfilling my dreams of becoming a rocket. So that might be kind of in the picture down the line, but I don't know. I just I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason and I know it's very cliche of me to say, but I do think it's very true and I think things come up just as they do and very last minute as they should and whatever whatever happens happens and I would really love to continue flex and be a little bit more present in the fitness industry for sure after my time here but I would also like I'm actually love to start that while I'm here so we'll kind of see how that works out I don't know depending on the time I don't know whether Mulan will be my last dance go or dance um, gig or job I guess you could say um, I would really love to explore the acting world a lot after this and have the time to do that. I would love to go back to film and television after I fulfilled my live performance years, but 
We'll see. I don't know. Acting is a potential. Modeling on the side, I really enjoy. So maybe a little bit more modeling. Like I said, I really want to be a face in the fitness world and fill some goals I have with Flex and growing that to maybe a more less online, more in-person type thing eventually. But would love to explore the New York City industry and get back over to North America eventually. But for now, I'm happy in Paris and I'm happy doing my thing here and very excited to see what comes of me being in Milan. Where can people follow your story? People can follow my story on Instagram is probably their best bet. I'm very active on Instagram and my Instagram stories. I love posting my day-to-day content on there and my handle is just at Allie Goodbun. I'm also on Facebook and that's kind of about it. I keep the majority of my stuff on those two platforms and I'd love to explore YouTube someday, sometime soon. But until then, I'll be on Instagram and updating everybody on my daily life here in Paris. Well, Ali, thank you so much for giving up all your time and chatting with us today. Thank you guys so much. It's so nice to chat with you guys again. It is lovely to talk to you and thank you for waking up early for us. I know we got you out of bed a little bit early. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything for you guys. Thank you so much for chatting. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Dance Matters Podcast. Make sure you head to Crystallized Costumes for all your costume needs. They make the most incredible costumes. And check out Adrenaline Dance Competition for well-run dance comps. They have a range of comps happening all year. And don't forget, you can find all previous episodes on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. We love hearing from you, so make sure you get in contact with us through our website or DM us on Instagram at Dance Matters Podcast. We would love if you get the chance to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review to help others find us. Remember to listen, love and learn. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.